0: Welcome to the Jacksonville First Seventh day Adventist Church podcast, where we listen, learn, and love together. Our speaker today is Pastor Jonathan Panado. Father, as we open scripture and as we consider the message of the book of Revelation in relationship to the Sabbath, I pray that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us to enlighten us and to help us understand and experience your Sabbath truth in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we're learning in our teaching series on the book of Daniel, and for those of you who are following along in that series, we've learned that there is a chronological time flow within apocalyptic prophecy. What this means is that apocalyptic prophecy begins to be fulfilled in the day of the prophet, it continues describing events future to that prophet, describing prophetic events chronologically until the time of the end. And it does this so that the reader can know and understand where they find themselves in relationship to the fulfillment of its prophecies. For example, uh, taking Daniel 2. We know, when we read that prophecy of Daniel 2, we know that we are not living in the time of the head of gold. We know that we're not living in the time of the chest and arms of silver. We know that we're not living in the time of of the belly and thighs of bronze. We know we're not living in the time of the legs of iron. But rather, we are living in the time of the feet of iron mixed with clay. And the very next prophetic event to take place will be that stone cut without hands from the mountain, dashing that, that statue, dashing that image to pieces. That is the coming of the kingdom of heaven. That is the very next great prophetic event. And we know that because we can follow the prophecy of Daniel 2 chronologically. And so, when we apply this same principle to the book of Revelation... Where do you think we find ourselves in the book of Revelation? What what chapters do you think that we're living in right now in the book of Revelation? Do you think we're living in the time of Revelation chapter 1 or Revelation chapter 2? Are we living in the time of Revelation chapter 4 or Revelation chapter 6 or 7? Are we living in the time of Revelation chapter 22? In what chapter of Revelation do we find ourselves living in right now and today? Well, prophetically, we find ourselves living between Revelation 12, 17 and Revelation 14, 20. Revelation 12:17 being the ending of the 1260 years a time times and half a time which ended in the year 1798 we find ourselves living in the time of the appearance of God's end time remnant which are characterized by obedience to God and by the manifestation of the gift of prophecy and we find ourselves living between that time and then Revelation 14, 20, which is the beginning, moving into Revelation 15, of the pouring out of the seven last plagues. And what we will find is that in the middle of this section, Revelation 12:17 and Revelation 14:20, what we will find is the importance of the Sabbath for our day and time. Turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation 14 and verse 6, Revelation 14, and verse 6. Here in this middle section, we will find the importance of the Sabbath for our day and for the end of time, Revelation chapter 14, and verse 6, and we will read this section. Do you have it there? And so as we read this middle section, I want you to see if you can find the Sabbath In this middle section, okay? The Bible says, "...then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people, and he said in a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory." because the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the fountains of water. Here we see the first angel with his first message. And this first message being a call to fear God, to give Him glory, and to worship Him. Now, when we're speaking about fearing God, we're not necessarily talking about being afraid of God. But in biblical times, the word to fear God meant to acknowledge God. Meant to respect God. And I can't see a more relevant message for today's atheistic, agnostic, humanistic, and secular society. A call to acknowledge God in our lives. A call to glorify God in our lives. And a call to worship Him. And then this first angel continues and says, for the hour of His judgment has come. And again, this is a reference to the vision of Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 8. Where in Daniel chapter 7, books are being opened and the court is being seated and then judgment is set or judgment begins. It is furthermore an allusion to the prophecy of Daniel chapter 8 where it says that the sanctuary would be cleansed And that word there for cleanse is a key word describing the day of atonement or judgment day in ancient Israel. In verse 8, a second angel followed and said, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Here in the message of the second angel, we see the fall of Babylon. Babylon being a global system of falsehood, a syncretic mixture of truth and error. Babylon is a global system of false religion. Babylon is a global system of false education. Babylon is a global system of false science and false morals and false socioeconomics and false public policy and false politics and false systems of philosophy and false world views. And finally, the third angel comes in verse 9. It followed them and it said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or on the hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath, and he will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever, and there is no rest Day or night for those who worship the beast and his image, or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. And this calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. So now, did you find it? Did you find the Sabbath message in these verses, in this middle section of Revelation 14? Did you find the Sabbath? Well, let's take a closer look at this passage. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7. Notice what the Bible says here. uh, Towards the end of of this verse, verse 7, it says, Worship Him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Now, I want you to focus on this phrase in particular. Worship Him who... Here's a phrase. Made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and. Focus on that phrase. Again, made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and. Have you seen this phrase used anywhere else in Scripture? Does this phrase ring any bells of anything you've ever read anywhere else in Scripture? Well, what I want you to do is keep your finger here in Revelation fourteen seven. But turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11. So keep your fingers here on Revelation 14:7, but turn in your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11. And this is in the middle of the Sabbath commandment, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you will labor, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, okay? And then in the middle of the Sabbath commandment, in verse 11, the Bible says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Do you see any similarities here between Exodus twenty eleven and Revelation fourteen seven? Do you see that same phrase being used? Made the heavens and the earth, the sea and? You see, my friends, while John alludes to various Old Testament passages in the book of Revelation, this phrase here, made the heavens and the earth, the sea and, this phrase here is the most word-for-word direct quote of any in the book of Revelation. And so when John calls us to worship God in Revelation 14, 7, what day do you think he had in mind? I can tell you one thing. He did not have Sunday in mind. He did not have Monday in mind. He did not have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday in mind. There was only one day that John had in mind when he calls us to worship God in this verse, and that is the Sabbath. The Sabbath becomes an integrally important reality in the book of Revelation for the end of time. By the way, the visions of the book of Revelation were given to John on the Sabbath. If you go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10, the apostle John says, I was a prisoner on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, some people understand the Lord's day to be Sunday, but when you compare Scripture with Scripture, Jesus tells us that it is the Sabbath that is the Lord's day. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 8, Jesus says, For the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath day. The visions of the book of Revelation were given on the Sabbath, and so, by intentionally quoting from Exodus 20 and Revelation 14, John is connecting the worship of God with the Sabbath. Now, that is not the only reference to the Sabbath in this middle section. You also find it in under the third angel, the message of the third angel, where he says, those who worship the beast have no rest. Hmm, rest. What is the Sabbath all about? Not only is that the only reference of the Sabbath in this middle section, but it is also found, the Sabbath can also be found in verse 12. Those who keep the commandments of God. There's the Sabbath again, the commandments of God. But what's also interesting is that in the third angel's message, it warns against worshiping the beast. So, if you follow me here, If the worship of God is connected to the Sabbath, what day do you think is connected with the worship of the beast and the mark of the beast? I can tell you, it must be some other day other than the Sabbath. Historically speaking, when we realize who the beast represents, namely the fallen Christian church of the Middle Ages, you then come to realize that the day of worship imposed by the church was and is Sunday. This truly becomes an area of difficulty for our Protestant Christian brothers and sisters who claim to follow the teachings of the Bible and the Bible alone. When it comes to the day of worship, when it comes to worshiping on Sunday, they have to wrestle with the fact and with the reality that they do so based on tradition. They worship on Sunday based on the authority and influence of the Catholic Church and not because of Scripture. Now, I must say that no one has of yet received the mark of the beast. This is still future to our time. Uh, Revelation chapter 13 and 14 describe a time where worshiping the beast and receiving the mark of the beast will be forced upon all. We are not. We are not there yet. It's still future to our time. But just as the Sabbath is a sign of God's authority over our lives, Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 12 says, moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths so that it could be a sign between me and my people, so then Sunday becomes a sign or a mark of someone else's authority over our lives. And there in Revelation 13, when it refers to the mark of the beast, it says also that it is the number of a man, meaning, among other things, that the mark of the beast is a symbol of man's authority, of human authority, of human tradition, in contrast to, in distinction to, and in conflict with God's divine authority over our lives. And so you see, my friends, that the Sabbath becomes crucially important in the book of Revelation and for the end of time. And it's no coincidence that this middle section in which we are currently living in, it's no coincidence that this section begins in Revelation twelve seventeen, describing God's faithful people as keeping the commandments of God. And it's no accident that this section ends in Revelation 14:12 saying this calls for patient endurance on the part of God's saints those who keep the commandments of God. You see my friends obedience is crucially important in the book of Revelation and for the time of the end. My friends we are living in a time of lawlessness And every day we are seeing God's law being trampled upon more and more each day. Sexual morals have long been trampled upon by heterosexuals and homosexuals alike. We are living in a time of lies. We lie to each other. We lie to ourselves. We're living in an era. The word that's being coined right now is fake news sources and institutions who at one time we could trust that we could believe in to tell us the truth. Now, we're not so sure anymore whether we can trust them or not. We're living in a time of lies, lies on a global level where nations are lying to nations, where rulers lie to other rulers, where the politicians lie to the people, and we cannot trust anyone. Who can we trust? My friends, we are living in a time of lawlessness and every day we're seeing God's law being trampled upon more and more. We are living in an era of theft and robbery. On a global level, we are seeing it, the oppression of the poor by the wealthy, the withholding of fair wages. And that's why the Apostle James writes in his book, he says, Woe to you wealthy, woe to you rich, you have hoarded your riches for the day of judgment by oppressing and withholding the fair wages of the laborers and of the working class we are living in a time of theft where there is a growing and widening gap between upper classes and lower classes where the middle class is disappearing My friends, we are living in a time of lawlessness where every day we are seeing God's law being trampled upon more and more each and every day. We are living in an era of covetousness, covetousness, oh yes, covetousness, that lust to have. That lust to have, and let me tell you something, our whole national economy here in North America is largely based on covetousness, is largely based on consumerism, the need to get more and to buy more and to have more, and we sacrifice all things at the altar of materialism. And as a result, we are empty and shallow on the inside. We put our marriages at risk. We put our family at risk. We put our health at risk because we have a need to have and to get and to have more. We are living in an era of violence and of hatred and where we are seeing racial tension rise once again to the surface. And we thought we had left that behind in the the 60s and during the civil rights movement, And, and we are now more enlightened, but yet we see ourselves regressing and going back and moving back. We are seeing violence and hatred and murder. Our society, my friends, is morally falling apart. Indeed, we are living in a time of lawlessness. And so for those of us who will be faithful to God in the present and will be faithful to God in the future and in the end of time, the book of Revelation has a message for us and that message is a call to obedience, to keep God's commandments, the seventh day Sabbath included. You see, the Sabbath, more than any other aspect of our faith, is the primary distinctive element of our relationship with God. I mean, even in our case, in our church, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Adventist? I mean, before, even the part, before you even get to the part of Adventist, I mean, many people don't even know what Adventist means, right? But the very first part of our name is what? Seventh day. What does that mean? That means we go to church on Sabbath. That means we are Sabbatarian. And that's why in Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 12, God says, moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths that it may be a sign between me and my people that they may know that I am the Lord thy God that sanctifies them or that makes them holy in the midst of a time of lawlessness. God is making us holy. He's making us a different. And so, my friends, the book of Revelation tells us that there will come a time when we will no longer be able to worship God on the Sabbath. We will no longer be able of our own free will to be faithful to God, but rather we will be forced to worship the beast. And so the message for us this morning is a call from God to be faithful to Him now when we have the liberty and freedom to do so. This podcast is brought to you by the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Connect with them at www.jxsda.org or on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to sharing more inspiring messages with you.